Greetings, programs, and welcome to another episode of Fan Holes, Being in Japan. I'm Justin, I'll be your host this evening. Joining me tonight are two of my fellow Fan Holes. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek. Derek WC! Hey, it's Mike, and I'm an adult. I can buy my own insurance and everything. <laughs> On this episode, we will be discussing the dare I say, classic anime series, Fulukuli. Fulukuli premiered April 26th in the year 2000 in Japan and on August 5th, 2003 in the States. I'm just going to go ahead and disregard any kind of series synopsis or even episode synopsis because I think that's kind of pointless, uh, shall I say. Um, but we're just going to jump in and discuss this. I guess my first question for you guys is, is this something you watched during its initial run, or did you come to this later? I feel like I watched it before its initial run. Like, hmm. I, I know I know it was on Adult Swim, but, but I, I, you know how I always told you guys the stories of, like, Odyssey video, and we were always going and renting anime and stuff like that? Like, I'm, I wonder if I saw this on a VHS tape first, because... I it, I may have I don't really remember I I know it was part of that general age vicinity like I was trying to remember when I first first saw it and and I imagine it was when I was getting into anime and we were just watching anything that kind of either struck our fancy or we heard was good or was suggested so I, I'm guessing it was just one of those things where it's like oh yeah you got to check this out and watch it and stuff and then like I I have told you this story before but. I mean, it's pretty common knowledge that the DVDs were like twenty nine ninety nine at places like Suncoast, and you only got two episodes per disc. So to watch the whole series, you had to buy three DVDs, and that would cost you, you know, ninety bucks in tax. And I was like, no fucking way, dude! Like, <laughs> I don't fucking think so. And then I remembered this was sort of in the age of the. The English Hong Kong bootleg subs where I would get things like 
you know, Gundam Victory, you know, in English subtitles and stuff like that. And I remember walking into this one place where it was pretty cool. I think I, I want to say it was on like I want to say it was on Venice, but you would you would drive down and there'd be like a it was like two stores, but they were like the same place and they were owned by the same person. And it was like you you went into one store and it was all video game stuff. So it was like they had classic consoles and you could buy used games. And they had, of course, new games, like new releases when they came out. Like I remember like when like episode three came out, I think we went over there and we were playing the episode three game in the store or something like that. The store next to it had like used DVDs and manga and all kinds of stuff like that and, and like some brand new stuff and everything. And so I remember I walked in there one day and I, I don't know if you're familiar with the art on the three different DVD covers, but the, the final DVD has that image of Nauta and he's got the guitar and it's in black and white and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember that was the image on a single kind of bootleg DVD and it was priced at 19.99. And I was like, is that, the whole series and the guy's like yeah and i'm like does that have an english dub too and he's like yeah and i was like sold you know like i was like that's you know so and that's yeah. i think that's how i ended up getting like my first copy of fully coolie like official you know on unofficially officially like a, a tangible copy other than like maybe renting it or something like that because i i gotta be honest i don't think i bothered to like to me, like, Fooly Cooly's kind of like Cowboy Bebop. Like, I was watching that before it ever aired on Adult Swim, so I didn't really discover it through Adult Swim. I just kind of stumbled into it through my own sort of personal fandom. What about you, Mike? Yeah, like, I, I watched this when it was, like, originally on Adult Swim, and, like, I, I, I in those days, I'd pretty much watch anything, like, on Adult Swim, and I, I think, like, me and my friends would watch it and be like, you know, like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, and... I kind of like, you know, but we kind of liked it. So like, I I remember liking it like originally, but yeah, like, and I also like Derek, um, I can relate to like the bootleg stuff because I remember like finding this website online, like I forgot it was like super discount DVD and it had like tons and tons of anime bootlegs. And yeah, I was like, I bought Cowboy Bebop and Trigun for like 20 bucks, like a piece, like for the entire series and stuff. And I was kind of I, I I bought a bunch of stuff like that and like yeah those those were the days basically but <laughs> yeah but no like I I, I just remember ha- having fond memories I guess watching this on yeah Adult Swim like late at night I think for me like I remember seeing like a commercial for Philly Covey and I was like what is this like this looks like I don't even know what this looks like but this like I gotta watch it you know kind of like Mike said like I think I was in that same mindset of like. If it was anime and it was on Cartoon Network, I was at least gonna gonna give it a try. I think I'd went to my buddy's house and I I was gonna spend the night, and I think we had both forgot about Fooly Cooly, and I think we we were about to like start up some you know long ass RPG, and we just happened to like flip through the channels and we saw a commercial. It's like tonight Fooly Cooly. We were both like holy crap! Like we almost forgot. Like we gotta watch this, and that was that was my first introduction to it, but. I, I feel like maybe someone on Bot Talk recommended it because I think maybe there was a thread and, and someone was like, maybe it was Ark or, or somebody who was usually in the know about anime. Like, I remember Ark was like, oh man, like Bleach is going to be like, you know, the the bee's knees when it comes out. And we were all like, what's Bleach? But I think maybe Ark was like, uh, you're going to want to watch Fully Coolie. Like, it, it's really great. So I did and I loved it. I, I feel like I had the same initial gut reaction as Mike, you know, that kind of what is this exactly? Like, I, I think everybody, uh, I, I would imagine, I don't know if this is not true for you, Justin, but I, I feel like most viewers generally watch it the first time, and there is that nonsensical nature to what's going on on the screen, and, and, and that's what you're sort of most... I don't know that that's kind of what you're you're hit with the most when you first see it so and and it takes a while to get past it like I think I think a lot of times you know this is a series that can be appreciated with multiple repeat viewings and and maybe once you you know to, to me it's always been like 
this, this I mean, it, it, it kind of sounds like a cliche at this point, because I, I, I actually did look at a number of other reviews and things like that before we started this podcast. Like, and it's like a, a typical thing to say is that Fooly Cooly is a coming of age story. But I'm kind of like, it's a coming of age story that has metaphors and subtext that is filled with a bunch of blue cupcakey shit. Like, I mean, that's essentially what it is. And it's like, it's true, but it's like, it's all kind of, you know, to, to quote Taserface, you know, it's all kind of, to me anyway, I mean, I, I, I know some people might say, no, it's literally happening, dude. But I mean, I, I kind of see it as, you know, metaphorical for like adolescence and, 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 you know, well, puberty and all that kind of stuff. Well, see, this leads me to my next question. Because, you know, I purposefully skipped any kind of synopsis of the series or episodes, but what is Fully Cooly about? And if you want to get into, like, episode specifics, that's fine. Or, or like, kind of like the path Derek is going down. Like, if you want to get into, like, the deeper meanings, like, that's cool, too. Because, like, I, w- I would like to explore that. Because I, I think you kind of hit it on the head, Derek. Like, when I first watched it, I was like, this is cool. And I think I was engaged by the, like, absurdity of it and the jokes and the the animation style i was like this is really cool fully Killy is some is a series i really love but it's one of those things i don't rewatch often like i kind of I, I don't know i kind of feel like it's special and i save it like watching it rewatching it for this episode this is maybe my fifth time watching it and i think my opinions about the series have kind of changed like the way i view the series it's, it's like it's drastically changed since i first watched it i was gonna say it actually gives me like weird like flashbacks because man like this series encapsulates like <laughs> basically all my relationships in high school basically like <laughs> it's like every girl in this series it's like I, I could have a story about that type of girl basically yeah me, me so. too yeah yeah, like I, I, I like watching it, but at the same time, I get that kind of like, man, I wish I could go back and do some things different, like <laughs> feeling sometimes, or like uh, I also get the feeling like, man, I really dodged a bullet, like like. Feeling. <laughs> See, like I, I feel like when I maybe the first couple of times I watched this, I, I identified with Nauta. I was like, well, I'm totally Nauta, but now, you know, like that that's back like I was twenty then, and I was like, yeah, I'm Nauta, and. Now I'm 35 and I'm like, well, I'm I'm probably like Nina Mori or Mamimi or something like that. That's kind of how I feel now. I think it's interesting that you guys bring up like sort of the. I guess it's kind of like a a visceral reaction to I I don't know how to explain it, but it seems like a lot of reviewers like they do want to go into like this deeper hidden meaning, like you know people trying to like they they have the the crack about. Nauta's father you know it's like oh yeah he wrote a whole dissertation on Ava like and he's all grumpy and shit and I'm like so to me I'm like I'm totally Nauta like that me to a fucking T like that does make me grumpy and everything so I get I get why like people don't want to necessarily delve into the deeper meaning like you know what is fully coolie like who cares just enjoy it type thing like there there is that sort of philosophy about people trying to you know make their three minute videos on you know the secrets of fully coolie revealed and everything and i i think beyond the subtext and whatever you want to apply to it like if you want to sort of apply certain psychological aspects to you know the visuals in the anime like that's fine but then like i like i think the most relatable parts of it are just the parts that people go through in everyday life like it's yeah it's metaphorical it's like you're not you're not literally like having a protrusion come out of your head you know like it's like you know you know most people are kind of like oh yeah that's like dude it's like a metaphor for a fucking boner or something you know what i mean like it's like (laughs) dude so you and you get like a lot of the feelings where it's like there's mamimi who's like you know munching on earlobes and giving now to hickeys and you know she's almost using him as a surrogate for the older brother that left her behind and like those things are kind of more relatable like you can like you guys are saying you can think of a relationship you may or may not have been in with somebody who was kind of like I don't know, abandoned or damaged goods and you were both just kind of using each other for comfort or something like that you know, like things like that where you're like okay, like I can relate to that on a human level regardless of all the 
the fantastic visuals that are going on in the background and everything. And I think the same is true of like, who is it? Airy, I think like that's, that's something too, like where you're like, if you go through all the, you know, all the ladies, you know, in Nauta's life and everything like, you know, it, it does become kind of like a showcase for kind of like relationships and, and, you know, the, you know, just to go back to the atypical kind of, commentary on it you know it's like it's like a coming of age thing but it's also sort of like uh, a character piece for Naota and all his his interactions with you know Haruko and and Mamimi and Eri and those those girls and everything and it's like you can kind of see that I don't know just you know simple stuff it's like oh dude a girl's on my bunk bed you know, like, everybody can sort of relate to that, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it's like, and that kind of feeling of like, oh, well, you know, you're you're at that point where it's like, oh, well, you're young enough so that things like that are kind of like awkward and kind of weird and you don't exactly know what you're doing and stuff like that. And, you know, and then, of course, I mean, you know, th- there's a lot of confusing mixed signals that go on from, like, all those girls, you know, because mm-hmm. they're also going through puberty and adolescence and maybe they don't know what they want either well clearly a lot of them don't know what they want you know so it's like it's like there's all that kind of you know heavy confusion and subtext that's going on in the background of this piece and then in the meantime you you it kind of manifests itself in the the craziness of you know a freaking robot coming out of Nauta's head or you know the the crazy like spider robot that comes out of Airy and you know all those kind of things that go on which are these kind of you know essentially to me like you know wacky and crazy blue cupcakey type you know manifestations of something that is real you know it's like it's like whether it's an- anxiety or or hormones or whatever like it, th- th- this anime kind of reminds me of the skit on the state where like there's a bunch of people and then all the cast members are like dressed up in all pink or all blue and it's like there are two like quote-unquote kids on the couch having sex and then and then it's like you know or or they're like you know kissing each other or whatever and it's like it's like when they do that little peck on the cheek then all of a sudden the music starts playing in the background and like all the blue dressed characters that are representing the male hormones, like all of a sudden they start bouncing up and down. Like they're all starting to get excited and stuff. And then it's like, it's like, you look very pretty. And then the, you know, the, the pink dressed hormones, they start like doing their hair and like getting all excited and bouncing up and down. And it's like, you know, and of course the joke is at the end, like, you know, I don't know, like, the parents come in and the the guy has to leave and all that other stuff. So then, you know, of course, you see the girl just kick back on the couch and then they start playing, like, the Humpty Hump song and clearly she's, you know, helping her own hormones. You know what I mean? So it's like that, that was... But anyway, my point is that that <laughs> skit kind of reminds me of this in a way. It's like you you are sort of almost theatrically making a representation of certain, you know, adolescent feelings and angst and desires and everything and they're they're sort of manifesting themselves in these kind of outlandish anime tropes so i mean i don't don't know i think the thing that stood out to me this time watching it was how damaged naota mamimi and nina mori are it's like naota is dealing with you know his brother has left and this was someone he really looked up to and now there's this void in his life and the same's kind of true for my Mimi, you know, she was dating his brother and he's gone. And not only that, but not only did he leave her and he left this void, but he kind of moved on. Like he got another girlfriend and he hasn't really talked to her. And she's kind of, she's filling his void with his brother. And, you know, he's, it's making now to feel all weird. He's like, what is this chick doing? Like, why is she all like, like leaving her mark on me and everything and being all weird and stuff? Like, you know, she's a high school student. Shouldn't she like, being class or, or doing something and nina mori like she has this whole drama going on with her parents and they never really quite give you the details on that but i think it's pretty clear it's like nina mori's dad is the mayor of mabasa and there's some kind of scandal and at the beginning of episode three they're saying you know like nina mori's in that car and she's like talking to the secretary and she's like oh you slept over last night but you brought a change of clothes that's smart and I'm like, oh, okay, like, there's, there's like, a, a some kind of, like, sex scandal going on here. And 
the way that she's trying to deal with with all that drama is she's trying her darndest to be grown up and adult and almost everything she says in an episode she's like it doesn't matter like you know it doesn't it doesn't matter like i don't care like whatever she's trying to she's trying to like fake it but the thing she's focused on is this play and now it's just like this is a stupid kids play like oh, why are you so concerned about it and what she really wants is she wants her parents to come see her in this play like that's the thing she wants the most and i was like i don't i don't think i really noticed the first few times i watched this how how these three characters are kind of just so damaged in the way they kind of try to repair their damage or, or fill the void that they have. I, I thought that was really kind of interesting. Yeah, I like. Uh, I think it's in the last episode where Nina Mori says, "Like, you know, you need to cry. Like, I, I cried about what happened, and then I'm now I'm all better. Like, yeah, and, like yeah, that's, and, a great like, that's line. like the yeah, that's like you don't even see it. That's like the the like resolution of her plot line basically. But she's yeah. just like." You know, I cried it out, and now I'm all better. So you need to say what you feel. It's it's interesting, like the, the because I think the the climax of that episode is where they both kind of go at each other in the in front of everybody, and mm-hmm. and they they keep trying to one up one another. So she like rips his hat off and reveals his kind of cat ears and everything to everybody. And then he basically just kind of drops like the bombshell where he's like, well, you, you rigged all the votes. So you'd be the lead in the Puss in Boots play. And then like what, what's kind of cool about that. And it's something very Japanese, but you hear like the air raid sirens after that. And that's not like literal, right? Like there's not air raid sirens going off now that they had that argument, but it's like, that's the kind of vibe that, is in the room, the atmosphere after they have that argument in front of everyone in public is just like, oh shit, get to the shelters. <laughs> you know, like that's that's yeah. that's the the kind of weight of that argument in an adolescent context. Like not not trying to, you know, they're not trying to play down or demean the actual seriousness of air raid sirens, but at the same time it's like it's it's giving a a context of the weight in terms of these kids that are, you know, having that kind of, you know, fight between themselves and everything. I think I've kind of touched on this a little bit myself, but do you guys have a favorite character from the series? There's characters I I laugh at and there's characters I relate to. I don't know if I have a favorite one. Like I, I, I kind of, like I said, I kind of like the resolution to like Nina Mori's like plot line and like, you know, she was like, I, I do like that episode three when like when they use the same exact clip every time she gets asked a question where she's like, it doesn't matter. Like I, I'm over it. Like, yeah. Like, so I guess maybe she would be, but like, I also like, um, the guy who's my avatar, what's his name? Aramak or, uh, I, forget. I thought it was commander Amaro. Amaro. Yeah. So, uh, something with an a i forgot now. yeah yeah it's tomorrow yeah uh, yeah i think he's pretty funny and like you know they kind of reveal that like haruko like pulled the same thing with him when he was younger basically he's trying to like you know give the kid like you know like try to warn this kid off but you know at in the end he can't really break free of his damage basically what about you Derek? i mean i i think i kind of like nauta the most but mm-hmm. I, I think in terms of where it goes, I guess, like, I mean, you know, they're, they're, like you, he has a lot of, for me, like, like you guys are saying, relatable moments, you know, with, with either the family members in his life or, you know, with the girls or anything like that. But then I, I think to me, like, it, it's interesting because a lot of people, and you brought this up already, Justin, but a lot of people try to frame this as th- this is this the theme of of fully cooly is this this kind of struggle between childhood and adulthood and 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 sort of chaos and conformity and mm-hmm. like i mean i can see that but it's like i don't i don't know that i necessarily buy into that because i mean i i sort of get it like uh, amaro is kind of like this this mirror into a p- possible future for nauta but it's like it's like one of those things where it's kind of like this disappointing future, you know, like like somebody kind of had his way with, you know, the commander and then kind of left him for dirt, you know. And it's like nobody kind of wants to 
revel in in that kind of scenario but but that's bound to happen in adolescence right you're bound to you know maybe hook up with somebody and then somebody you know dumps the other person or something like that if you just want to put it on you know base term levels but i think the stuff that i love about watching these kind of things and 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 this sort of is an answer to the question is the the nauta i like is the nauta that is basically you know infused with you know the the super saiyan powers of of a Tomsk, you know, and, and he's all kind of glowing red and is super badass and everything. And he gets his little power up and everything at the end. And like, that's kind of like, to me, that's also like a metaphor because even it doesn't matter if you're a child or an adult, but like you have untapped coolness in you. (laughs) And like, that's an exemplification of a moment in your life where, you know, maybe even unbeknownst to you, you were fucking cool as hell. You know what I mean? Like, like, and and (laughs) it's just like, it's like, that's the kind of thing that I like about this, where, like, you know what it reminds me of? And the only reason why I know this is because somebody else was with me, you know, and I I didn't know what was going on outside, but I I went in on an audition, and the reason why someone else was with me was because my car was in the shop at the time, so I couldn't, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to make the audition. But that day I had a friend and he was basically like, you know, my freaking Alfred, you know, he was like, you know, driving me along or whatever and stuff like that. And so I go in, I, I do the audition. I, I feel like I did a really good job and everything. And so my buddy tells me when, when, uh, <laughs> he, cause he was waiting in the room and I was in the, you know, theater giving the audition and all that kind of other stuff. And so I did the audition, and then and then basically I think by the end of it, I was offered the part. And so I said, yeah, sure, all right, like, this is awesome, I'll take it, you know, and this is good. And and so I was, you know, I, I felt like I did a good job and everything, but I, I didn't even know what was going on outside, which was like other people were there, you know, that had auditioned before. And so my buddy's like, dude, there was this guy there. And like, he totally thought he had nailed the part. And so he's like buying tickets for the next show and like <laughs> chatting it up with like all the, you know, stage managers and people there and everything like that. And then, and then he's just like, dude, it was so awesome. Like then, then the lady comes out and she's like, um, hello everyone. Um, Derek has accepted the part. And then, and then after that, it was just like the guy's like, oh, fuck, I don't want these fucking tickets. And he was all fucking <laughs> mad and fucking left and shit. And it was like, so to me, like that's my that that's my moment of like, you know, kind of unbeknownst to me, I I had you know a Thomas in my in my bloodstream at that moment, and and I was like super cool, you know, unbeknownst to myself, you know. But like that's I don't know that that's kind of you know, how I see this, you know, on my, you know, kind of how I see fully Cooley, like, because it's like, that's the Cooley part of it, you know, like, I know that's like a stupid thing to say, but like, you know, that's, that's, that's that part of it. I mean, you, 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 you fuck around and you do a bunch of other stuff, but there's, there's those moments of kind of coolness and everything. And I, I don't know that that necessarily, the, the reason why I kind of rail against the whole childhood versus adulthood thing or realizing that you're a child and you should stay a child or you know adulthood is this mundanity that you know i don't know that that you're you're you become part of this corporate you know sort of you know conformity or something like that like i I don't know that that's i don't know i i I think i i think maybe that's kind of a a hard sell maybe too black and white you know and and so I, i think that those moments can be attributed to anybody i mean you know it's like other characters in this could be cool and are cool, but I don't think it, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it really, you know, makes a difference whether they're children or adults or anything like that. You know, it's funny. Like I had a buddy who would always kind of question what fully coolie meant, not the series, but just the phrase. And and I was one of those guys who would say like, it doesn't matter. Just, just watch it. And I was kind of thinking about him when I was rewatching the series. And then in that last episode, like, I kind of, like, it kind of hit me. When Nauta is, like, doing his little epilogue and he's talking about how my Mimi left to be a photographer. And you see that picture of Nauta that she took in the paper. 
and under it, it says Fully Cooly. I was like, okay, if Blue Cupcakes is weird for the sake of being weird, Fully Cooly is cool for the sake of being cool. Mm. But see, that, that what's what's beautiful about that is, like, it doesn't, like, like I, I think I think Nout says it at one point where they ask, like, you're the main character, you should know what this means. Yeah. And, and he, he says it really doesn't matter what it means. And the reason mm-hmm. why it doesn't matter what it means is because, like, everything, art is subjective, and it's only what the viewer takes away from it. You know, yeah. so it's like, it's like, that's why it's awesome, because this is your moment to be... You know, Adam is cool and say, dude, for me, Fooly Cooly is cool for the sake of being cool. You know, and it's like, did you did you Fooly Cooly? Like, I Fooly Cooly. You know, like, <laughs> I gonna, I, you know. I was going to say, like, if you were to ask, like, now to his grandpa, he would probably, like, start doing, like, the hand movements in, in, in the manga section where he's clearly, like, thinks it's, like, some kind of sexual thing where he's, like, right, Fooly Cooly. Right. And you got to, like, manipulate the nipples or, or whatever he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> So do you guys have any like favorite references or or jokes in this series? Because man, there's like a ton of stuff. Like like Derek, I know you and I are kinda like the Lupine guys. Like did you like all those Lupin references in, in episode yeah. five? I, I think I think it worked well even for the American audiences because from what I remember, at this point the red jacket Lupin series was airing on Adult Swim, so it should have mm-hmm. it should have worked perfectly. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like there's that great recreation of like the opening from the the second Lupin series where you know instead of it being Fujiko that has the you know <laughs> yeah. boxing glove spring that comes out yeah. of her cooch you know it's 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 Haruko basically and it's like oh okay like this is like and they're totally they're they're kind of playing into the idea that his dad is this kind of you know self-professed journalist slash otaku slash you know i mean it's funny it's almost like predictive of these kind of folks that are on the internet that are part of all these quote-unquote news sites you know it's like that's that's who this guy is sort of you know what i mean like and so it's like there's some aspects where you can look at it and go is that another level of the quote-unquote adult conformity or whatever you know that that his you know and then and then like his dad like you know what's weird about that is like i was i was reading about the the manga and some of the differences and like i guess like in the manga when naoto catches his dad and haruto doing the you know, the, the fully coolie or, you know, what <laughs> they're doing the massage and all that kind of shit. Like, I guess he ends up killing his dad. Like, and I was just kind of like, what? 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 Like, that's so weird. Like, I, I, I was like, I don't get it. Like, that's kind of, that's even kind of crazier or whatever. So like, and it's like, it's like one of those things where you're like, is that, is that real? Like, and like, you know, so, but I mean, the, the, I guess Studio Gynax has writing credit on it. So it's like, you can kind of point, you know, it's not like, it's not like some other dude just made it up or whatever. Like, I mean, it must have come from somewhere, but I thought that was kind of strange. But I mean, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. Like we, we talked about the Ava thing and since it's Gynax like there's the the reference to like you know Daikon 4 and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff where she's like floating around on the on the the guitar kind of like um the the little bunny chick was like floating around on the sword in those little you know con shorts or whatever they did you know back in the day so like I don't know I I, I think like a lot of that stuff is cool I mean there's even you know the nods to you know Mobile Suit Gundam and stuff like that so like there's there's all kinds of stuff in there I, I like the commentary on, like, the red versus the uh, green jacket. Because, like, now his dad is like, oh, Monkey Sensei says he prefers the red jacket. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. we have to kind of accept that. Yeah, he was like, there's nothing we can do. Like, Monkey said <laughs> he, he prefers the red jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, did you like the little, like, South Park sequences? Yeah, that that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> he was getting that haircut. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, the Gundam things. And, yeah, I recognize the Lupin stuff and... Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I, like, I, I think it's cool when they, you know, just reference stuff like Crystal Pepsi or, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's as, you know, we found, like, a store that still sells Crystal Pepsi. Like, So another thing I love about Philly Cooley is the music, which is by a band called The Pillows. Like, where I've only watched Philly Cooley, like, four or five times, like, I've listened to those three uh, soundtrack volumes, like, 
to death. Like I, I love the that music. Like what do you guys think about the music in Philly Cooley? Oh yeah. I, I totally listen to the, the albums way more than I've I've seen the show. Like I, I think those those a lot of the songs by the pillows are are really, really good. Like if I had to I don't know, it's weird. Like I, I know you say you listen to the whole album. I think like some of them like really stand out to me. Like I, I really like Beautiful Morning with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like I'm I'm trying to think of like, you know, like the the last dinosaur, you know, but yeah, I mean I, I, I like I, I like a lot of them. When I, whenever I think of Fooly Cooley or it, like it come, it's brought to my attention, like the the ending song always immediately jumps into my mind, like so. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe this is something that we've already kind of like broached, but uh when I first watched Fooly Cooley, like I was twenty, and the way I looked at life and the way I felt about things is completely different now at thirty five. And the way I view this series is different, too. At 20, what I liked about Philly was the completely bonkers storytelling and, you know, all the jokes and gags. But at 35, I kind of appreciate the commentary on growing up and you know, trying too hard to appear mature or, you know, struggling with growing up and maybe growing up too quick or, or that kind of thing. And revisiting the series, like, have your views changed over time, like you kind of, do you still view Philly Cooley the same way? I feel like, like the commander stands out more to me, you know, than, than he would mm-hmm. have before, you know, because he's, it's, it's that weird. I mean, it's not like he's a future version literally of Nauta, but it's like, it's like a road that could be traveled, you know, type thing. It's like, or, or maybe a road that you'd rather be less traveled. Like you, you, you see parallels between the characters, but you're kind of like, oh, I don't want to end up like this guy, you know, but now you might sit there as an adult and kind of go, oh, maybe I did end up like this guy, you know, like, I don't know, you know, like, like, you know, am I, am I working for the machine mechanica? Like, you know, am I just, you know, a conformist adult or whatever, but it's like, you know, at the same time, like it, it kind of reminds me of like how everybody like gets into clockwork orange when it's like a movie, but then they forget there's like, the 22nd chapter where Alex is basically like, Oh, all this crazy teenage bullshit and punk crap that we were doing. Like eventually it got fucking old, you know, like eventually, Mm -hmm. like despite all the brainwashing to stop him from, you know, in and outing and, and, and raping and pillaging and doing all his like crazy teenage hijinks bullshit. Like eventually he just grew the fuck up. You know, like, and it was that simple, like, where it was like, there's the the 22nd chapter where he's just kind of like sitting there going like, all right, like, you know, I'm just a dude now, like, I'm just going to walk around and kind of be conformist and adult and boring and and not do all this crazy shit that I did when I was a teenager. And and it's kind of like, I guess my my only thing about that is going back to what my what my other preaching session was about which is just that doesn't mean you can't do cool things in your life that doesn't mean you can't capture things that you loved as a child or or how, however they're trying to attribute that it's like you i mean maybe maybe that is the ultimate message is that you know just because there's certain expectations on a child and certain expectations on an adult doesn't mean you can't intermingle what those two i don't know statuses in life like mm. uh you know can do just to be cool you know to be fully cooly to <laughs> to to be happy you know like it's like if you if you need to you know uh uh i don't know go out and buy some fucking superpowers action figures and that makes <laughs> you happy it's like that's fine if you're fucking you know 40 years old like it's cool like that you know and and anybody who like sits there and goes they're not supposed to do that like well then they have the big fucking south park eyebrows and they're a dude yet (laughs) you know like that's that's all there is to it right like i mean i mean uh, you know not i don't think it's all that deep you know it's just kind of like there there are certain things like that it's like if that you know and and i i don't know that i i mean it in a sense where it's like a roman thing where it's like the roman empire and pleasure and excess and you don't care about the feelings of other people or anything like i don't i don't mean it in that extreme but i i i think there is that aspect of you know don't i guess you know, if if something makes you happy and you're not hurting anybody else, 
Like, it doesn't matter what people think or say or, you know, that, that they, they think that you're not normal or whatever. It's like, you know, just do do something that makes you happy because you'll be healthier for it. You know, like, I don't know. That's So basically what you're saying is it's okay to write a book about the mysteries of Ava as an adult, but you still have to buy the insurance. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? Like, have your uh, views or opinions on Philly Killy changed over the years? I I don't know. Like, I don't think I, like, probably. Like, I, I, I don't think I, like, looked into it too deeply when I first watched it. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, rewatching it now, like, especially, like, the most recent time, like, to rewatch it for this show, it's, like, a lot of it, yeah. Like, I understand a lot of it more. And, like I said, like, the older characters kind of do relate. Like, I can relate a little more to the older characters. And, you know, I, I do, like, get some of those messages. I, I think, like I said... It, mostly, like, I just get, like, weird nostalgic slash, like, you know, relief, like, from some of these, like, characters, because, uh, like, I, I don't I don't know, like, because uh, Haruko, like, Mimimi, and, like, uh, what's-her-face, uh, um, his classmate, uh, Nina Mori. Nina Mori, it's like, man, like, I knew, like, all three of those girls in high school and like I either had a crush on them or you know like had something with them and like I I don't know it just like I alternately say like I look at those and I say I could have handled that better when I was younger or like I like when it comes to like Haruko I was like I dodged a bullet like there like you know (laughs) I should never have gotten in like as deep as I did with that kind of girl but like you know I just I just thought of it it was the Cider House Rules. That was the book uh, I was trying to think of. It uh, didn't start with R, but it had an R in it. But yeah, there is an R. You know, you totally triggered me, because you're like, I shouldn't have got involved with that girl. And so I'm thinking of that girl, and I was like, we saw the Cider House Rules. And that's why I was thinking of the Cider House Rules. But, yeah. I, I, was, trying to, I was trying to talk book to Justin and come up with, like, <laughs> books that were coming-of-age books that, like, this triggered... You know, I was like, Fooly Cooly is, like, a coming-of-age anime that is, like... The cider house rules, but crazy blue cupcakey cider house rules. But like, I don't See, know. I, you know, my my first thought went to like the part of being a wallflower. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either either of you have seen the movie or read the book, but like I said uh, previously, like my my feelings about Fulu Kili have changed, especially the characters. Like I said, when I first watched, it, I was like, well, I'm Nauta, of course, but now I'm like, I'm like part Nina Mori and. Mamimi, like especially Mamimi, because Justin, are you gonna are you gonna burn a bunch of schools down? Is that is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> no, but like you know what's weird is like I couldn't see it at the time, but like when this was on the air, there were, I had a group of friends and we would hang out under this bridge, and there was like a little swimming hole like out from it, but like we would kind of hang out under the bridge, and you know some of us would smoke. And we just kind of like hang out and, you know, be lazy and, you know, do nothing. Like kind of like avoid, you know, avoid whatever we were supposed to do because we were all like 19 or 20. So we were like avoiding, you know, going to college or going to our jobs or, or whatever we were supposed to be doing. And I was there hanging out and had my camera like Mamimi. And I'm like, I don't know why I couldn't see that when I first watched it, but it's it's pretty obvious to me now. Um. And and Nina Mori is someone I really like too. Like I, I really kind of sympathize with like I guess the drama in her life that she was running from and trying to like rise above it and pretend she is immune to it when really she's not. Like when in reality she's very hurt by it. And, you know, later on, like Mike said, you know, she comes to terms with it just by crying and getting over it. Mm. And which you don't even see, which I thought was really great. It's interesting how they can have that sort of relationship. I guess, I guess that that to me reminds me of of things where you you would have to behave on a different level with someone at school, but then mm-hmm. like th- there'd be different circumstances when you went over to a friend's house and it was like this sleepover type thing. Like it wasn't it wasn't the same set of dynamics that that you could possibly 
pe- people might have the opportunity to be a little nicer or a lot meaner, you know, depending mm-hmm. on on what kind of person they were, you know, because because there's this environment where you're like, oh, you're in a different social setting, and 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 it's like a setting maybe without adult supervision, you know, to a degree. So you're like sitting there, kind of going like, oh, well, you know, either you guys could have been a lot nicer, or you know, like the, you know, or maybe like in the case of of um, that relationship. That, you know, she she kind of was. I mean, they they have that discussion with one another where it's like, oh, we, we can't talk about this at school, but we can we can talk about this right now. You know, another moment that kind of stood out to me during this rewatch was like in the first episode when Haruko is in Nauta's room and they're kind of like going back and forth about where she's going to sleep exactly, and he's like, well, you can't have the top bunk. That's my brother's. And then she kind of lays down on the bottom bunk. And he freaks out. He does the anime thing where he's like pointing to the bed. He's like, "Here, here, you're sleeping here, huh? What, what?" <laughs> I was like, "I, I've had that moment mentally in my head where I was like, you know, unsupervised with the girl, and she was laying beside me. And I was like, "Here, here, like what? Like Nani? <laughs> like what?" <laughs> well, as far as uh, Mamimi goes, it's like that. Like she probably like takes me back to like high school where I used this girl used to hang with me. And she was really pretty, and she was kind of also, like, dumb as a post. And, uh, <laughs> like, you know, I, she's not going to listen to this. So, like, and I, I worked with her boyfriend, and he didn't go to our school. So it's kind of like this thing where she'd hang with me at lunch, and she'd be like, oh, you know, how, you know, t- say hi to, you know, my boyfriend when you go see him. <laughs> and then, like, I'd go to work, and my he'd be like, you know, hey, you looking out for her, dude? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, eventually I kind of felt like, you know, like, I'm totally non-threatening. Like, like I, he feels safe, like, letting her, like, hang out with me. And then I got, like, all grumpy about it. And then, I don't, I don't know, it just kind of, like, it it kind of reminds me of what like Mamini does to like now uh, what do you call like she kind of like treats him like like it's a given that he's kind of like with her or you know just hanging out with her and like she's using him as a like proxy almost so mm-hmm. I think it's funny because the the that kind of relationship. Like, I, like we've been saying, like, we all have, like, similar instances, but I think that's kind of interesting when he, he finally decides to, like, kiss her, you know, because it's like, it's like there's that shock of, like, oh, you're, you're actively, aggressively pursuing what I've been teasing this whole time, like, as if it's some shocking thing, you know, like, kind of like, and it kind of cracks me up, because it's like, well, You've been you've been toying with that idea and throwing it out there because it got you off, but you were never actually willing to to commit to it or go through with it. It just it was just kind of the the foreplay that they got off on or something. Like I don't know. That's that's kind of how I see the Mimi. Like where it's like, and then and then and then it's funny because then when he ultimately rejects her for somebody else because. Clearly, there's an echelon of of priorities in Naoto's life in terms of the women, you know. And it's like it's like that that kind of turns into a a rejection where then she gets all kind of butthurt about it, and then she does kind of go back to her kind of destructive ways. Yeah, I, I always felt really bad for her. like when when you see her like in the river, and Naoto's friends are in that truck, and they're they're kind of looking at her, and they're like. You know, it's not his wife, the one left. And I was like, oh, like I started, I like, I felt really bad for her. But I guess my final question for you guys is, um, Fulukuli is highly regarded in the fan community, and usually it's in the top ten list of any fans, like you know, series. Like you must absolutely watch. Like, do you think Fulukuli has earned that recognition, or is it overrated? I, I think if it was like one of these, like. 50 episode, you know, 100,000 fucking One Piece episode things <laughs> that I'm never going to watch, I would say it's overrated. But, like, it's six episodes, and it's really well done. Like, I mean, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, a lot of times, it's funny because this doesn't come up with me too much these days. A lot of times, people will judge a movie based on its rewatchability. Sometimes I'm kind of like, well, I can like a movie, like, you know, to to, to use maybe 
two examples that I don't get lambasted too much, but it's like I can see Schindler's List once and determine it's a really good movie. I can see Logan once and determine that I think it's a great fucking movie, but they're also really heavy and kind of in some ways, you know, depressing movies or or maybe emotionally gut-wrenching movies. And maybe you don't want to repeat that process over and over and over again. So for me, I can still say those are good movies, but they, for me, they do not have rewatchability. And even though this might be triggering, like, certain gut reactions and kind of triggering certain, I guess, maybe emotionally you know, gut-wrenching memories or something like that, like kind of remembering certain relationships you certain relationships you may or may not have had in, you know, that are comparable to this anime. Like, I think based on, like, a lot of the sort of Easter eggs and, and, and just kind of, you know, the, the, the levels of appreciation you can have for this, like, over a certain amount of time, like, this does have a great, rewatchability factor in the sense that like you 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 know it seems like you watch it once at the base level and all you get is kind of the crazy and outlandish stuff and you go ah oh, well this is nonsense and then maybe you watch it again and you kind of delve into the whole oh this reminds me of like relationships and you know human interactions and things i can relate to and kind of get past all the craziness and then you know then then you can watch it again and again with like all these different layers and Easter eggs and for things that are coming up where you kind of see parallels or, you know, the history of the studio or whatever it is. So it's it kind of becomes like this, you know, to me, to me, I think it lives up to its reputation because of that. And then also just that I think it's it's good. Like you're saying the soundtrack is like excellent. Like we me yeah. and me, we listen to it all the time. Like, I mean, th- th- like that in and of itself, I mean, a, a lot of times they say. 70 80 percent of a movie is is the the score the theme like the feelings it evokes from you and you don't necessarily have to watch fully coolly to to get certain vibes and emotions you know you can get those just by listening to the music yeah i mean i i i think it lives up to that and i, I was kind of shocked because i'm sitting there going wow like that came out in 2000 and i'm like thinking oh it's 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 you know, 18 years old now, like that kind of thing. And, you know, and then I think, you know, this might not be the answer to the question and I don't know if it's a good way to go off on or not, but it's like, they, they do have the, the sequels coming out, you know? And it's like one of those things where I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of have some trepidation about it, you know, because it's like, and, and that to me suggests that I do think it is a classic and it does live up to that nomenclature you know because why why would i be trepidatious about you know it's like if i didn't care about it then then i would just be like oh yeah who cares some fucking sequel about you know whatever it's like it's not like you know it's like i'm, I'm not gonna be like dude i got weird feelings about tremor six you know like i don't know bro it might ruin the franchise like it's not it's not like that you know it's like it's like to me it's like it's it's a little more serious than that so yeah to answer your question yes it, it lives up to it yeah I think that like like Derek said, like it's six episodes, so I think it's it should be an essential like to anyone who makes anime or you know, I mean even like it should be maybe down the list of like people you're trying to get into anime like like to show like maybe like after hmm. you know give them some standard stuff and then be like you want to see something that's really out there like you know let's watch this you're like dan Aykroyd. you're like you want it pull over you want to see something really scary yeah (laughs) but no yeah it's it's the production values are fantastic i mean yeah the music's good the acting's good the dub is great like i love the yeah yeah, the dub is really good I, i did watch it in japanese like way back when but i watched the dub again for this showing and yeah, I love the dub. You know, I'm I'm usually the subtitle guy on this podcast, and, like, I've never seen it subbed, like, to be honest. Like, I have no curiosity. Like, I'm I'm that happy with the dub. Like, I'm, I'm not even curious about the Japanese dub. Dubs forever. <laughs> no, I, I, I've, I've listened to both. I mean, there's, there's nuances you can get out of watching both, I think. It's not, you know, it, it, you don't need to necessarily... Just you know, stick to one or the other. But yeah, you you know me. I'm a dubby. I I rewatch this for the show as a dub. But I think there's there, there there's probably nuances you can get out of it. 
Did you guys know that the the English dub actress who voices Naoda is uh, Rita Repulsa? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> After 10,000 years, Atomus is free. Yes. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up this episode of Fanholes Big in Japan. And Derek, if you would be so kind as to tell the listeners where they can find us on the interwebs. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, if you're feeling fooly and or cooly, you can email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. We are on all kinds of cool social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We, of course, appreciate all the likes and feedback and shares and retweets and hearts and all that good stuff. We are on iTunes and can be streamed on Stitcher Radio. And if you've enjoyed listening to Big in Japan where we talk about anime. We hope you consider checking out all of our shows. We've got the Fan Holes Podcast proper, Mobile Suit Mondays, Transformers Tuesdays, Toku Thursdays, Sentai Saturdays, Comics Mother, Do You Read Them, and Justice Not Entirely Dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast. So yeah, please check out all those shows and check us out on the social media and give us some emails. And this is Justin reminding you, it takes an idiot to do cool things. That's why it's cool. And this is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to go start fully calling. <laughs> it's Mike Tycoon. Because if I don't, I'll overflow. Something I found on YouTube I thought was funny was like, there's actually like some bloopers for Philly Killy oh, from yeah, like the English stuff. Yeah, yeah. those are on the, the Blu-ray too. Oh, okay. They're like trying to keep up with the lip flaps and everything. Like there's there, there's that one where the poor girl's trying to do her bit with the commander and she's like, she keeps screwing it up and she's like, fuck. Because <laughs> yeah. she, can't, she can't talk that fast. And then there's one where, like, uh, Commander Romero keeps, like, getting tongue-tied saying, like, Haruko and, yeah, like, yeah, your real yeah. name. Yeah, well... He's like, I, Haruku Harahara or yeah. Harahu Rahuru. And he's I, like, I can, oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can relate. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, the commander. I look, like this. I'm, I'm it's like those, those bloopers on the Roroni Kenshin DVDs. Like, those yeah. are hilarious. Like, the blasted Samo Flange. What the fuck is a Samo Flange? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I like the one where, like, like Larry Kenny's like, uh, I forgot, he's, like, trying to struggle as Lionel, and he's like, I can't hold it 
any longer. And then he just like breaks into laughing, and then like everyone in the room's like fucking laughing. Like that. Mm. Isn't there one of like Mom Riley's like, show me your titties, my yeah. dear. Show me your titties, my dear. <laughs> like there's like premonition for that fucking Brett Booth, like where he's trying to mac on like Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat or whatever. Oh, <laughs> Bathe me. <laughs> Bathe me, little kids. Why'd you have to bring that up? <laughs> I can't I can't forget it. I came out and see what I have seen. 